Just a quick content warning to start. We ended last week's episode by saying this episode would be all about sex, but actually it ended up being a bit deeper than that. At about 20 minutes in, we'll be discussing sexual assault and its long-term psychological influence. We'll provide resources for anyone affected by this in the episode description. We hope you can enjoy the episode and thanks for always supporting us. And I said, you know, mum, I'm worried I'm going to walk into a hospital and they're going to see two young girls. And my mum went, you're not a young girl. Hi, I'm Rose and this is my wife, Rosie. Hi, we're expecting our first baby in the summer of 21. Rosie's carrying the baby. I am. And I'm carrying the weight of her mood swings. Hey! So if you're new, make sure you catch up with the last season to hear all about how we got here. And tune in every week to hear us gradually get more and more terrified of giving birth to a whole new responsibility. Good luck us! To join in the conversation, use the hashtag RoseandRosiePG. You're listening to Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance, a Spotify original podcast. Hi, welcome back. Okay, so this week, Rosie and I have been quite busy. We have been decorating the nursery ah! well uh we well we're planning on decorating it so we've ordered some wallpaper samples yeah but this has taken us a really long time now yeah. usually we're really super impulsive with every decision we make mm-hmm. but for some reason this has taken us a while i yeah. don't know why why is it taking us so long just because you i think it's because you only get to do it once really mm. and then when the child is you know older then I'll, we'll redo it but it'll probably be the child's preferences right so no it's always going to be my preference no. yeah <laughs> Um, so we had a theme uh, set on the nursery when Rose was pregnant. So yeah. We didn't know the gender of the baby. So it's a completely, in our mind, gender neutral theme. Yeah. Um, and it's under the sea. Yeah, and I love it. Very excited. We think it's so great. Everyone likes fish. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't like Is the sea? Is that true? Okay. Well, I just think it's the cutest thing because I was in love with Finding Nemo growing up. Like, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I do think it's totally gender neutral. And yeah. um, I just think... all. The- it's really colourful. It's really super cute. Yeah, you can add all different colours, all different creatures. There can be... And you can go different with it, you know? You can have, like, mermaids, pirate ships, octopus. But, but... Now, the real question is, can I wallpaper a wall? Yes, because I've we, never done I've it. I've never done it. I've never done it before. No. I've been calling my dad, like, Dad, how does this work? Um, I'm pretty nervous about it. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> nervous about it. No, we've got no walls in our house, wallpapered. No. Nothing. It just no. painted. So that's exciting. We've ordered our blinds. Yeah. Uh, which have tiny turtles on them. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So, so tiny cute. Turtles. So cute. So that's been adorable. And also, um, baby is going for a massive growth spurt. So on my app, it said between week 18 and week 19, which I'm two days away from being 19 weeks pregnant, um, it said baby is growing from six inches uh, long to 10 inches. That's a lot. That's a four inch growth in one week. And That's oh my lot. God, my stomach has felt it. Like it hurts. It Your feel, it tummy button str- itches. Yeah, it, I'm it? very itchy and it's stretching, which is kind of really horrible to know that your skin is stretching. It's kind of makes you feel sick. Like, ugh, it's happening and I can't control it. Right, let's be honest. You've been panicking as well, haven't you? Yeah, I have been panicking about it because... Not just about that, about the birth too. You, oh yeah, you're, you're having this yeah, panic. I had a huge panic about the birth as well. That happened, um, which was really weird because what are you I was feeling about? totally fine. And I literally said the other week, like, I don't care about the birth. And now <laughs> I start panicking about the birth. I think it's because as your tummy's growing, like visibly, and you've had some sciatica, you've had some pains yeah, here and there. Pain. I think you're like, oh, shit, that's going to hurt. Yeah. And I think, I think it's like so, becoming real for you that you're yeah. going to have to do that. Yeah. 
So speaking of all these changes and my sudden panic going from not caring about the birth to suddenly freaking out about the birth, this episode is going to be all about pregnancy and identity, um, which is a really big topic, I feel, because I've changed my mind about loads of stuff. I've had lots of beliefs before I got pregnant. That changed when I got pregnant. And now things are changing again. I'm really Who am I? <laughs> I'm really interested to know what you mean. Like, what, what elaborate. What do you mean? What what, what did you think it was going to be like versus well, what is it like? I definitely think I had a little bit of judgment for some people oh, about wow. some things. And now I feel really bad. And it's <laughs> one of those cases where you just have to shut up until you've gone through it because now I've gone through it. I'm like, oh. So for example, um, I always thought, oh, I'm going to be so healthy when I um, get pregnant. I'm going to eat all my nutrients, loads of fish and like vegetables and I'm going to eat loads of protein. And uh, why do all these women eat so many carbs? So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to eat any sugar. And then I got pregnant and my body went, McDonald's. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Krispy Kreme. Sugar. Yeah, like uh, ice cream. Tell people what you just ordered from Amazon. No. Tell them. I ate five. I ordered five bars of chocolate with mini eggs. You're lactose intolerant. I am. <laughs> I am lactose intolerant. Five big bars. Yeah, big bars. That's um, fair enough. But yeah, so like, I don't know, just little things like that. Like, it's e- very easy to sit at the spectator like side of things and go oh well when I'm pregnant I'll do this and then actually Mm. it's really hard right and so I had all these thoughts and feelings before pregnancy I'm now pregnant and things keep changing and I think it's really interesting about the identity because I think loads of women get called selfish for worrying about things like oh I'm getting stretch marks or how does Mm. my body look and people always say this as well which really annoys me people always say well just be grateful you're having a healthy baby and it's like you know I can want my baby to be healthy and simultaneously uh, be affected by an enormous change yeah uh, to the body I've lived in for 30 years and not just body like emotional changes yeah uh, you know all these changes life changes that yeah. can happen it's scary and I feel like whenever mums talk about any sacrifices or anything that they're going through I feel like they're met with like judgment and criticism and yeah. I think people think that they're being selfish and it's like sorry my job isn't just to incubate this baby like obviously that's part of it but mm-hmm. also I'm a person with you're feelings allowed to have your feelings yeah. you're going through probably one of the biggest things you could do physically to yeah. your body and I think it's it's totally fair to have up days, down days, and go through the whole process of, you know, a bit of an identity crisis, actually. Yeah. I think that's totally normal. And I find it interesting how it's brought to the forefront. Like, Rose and I are having a lot of deep discussions right now. So, for example... Um, I've had my whole life a really big problem with setting boundaries. Mm. I'm so bad at it. Mm. And and Rose and I run a business and we try and set boundaries and we try each each year to be better at this. I'm a big people pleaser. I'm a big pushover. Like, I just hate conflict, hate confrontation. I'll just go along with anything. Yeah. And then I think these things are coming up because... I'm really worried about what if people don't listen to me at the birth? What if people are dismissive of my wants? Um, I think this week that's huge. That's become one of the biggest things for you. That's my You are so worried that people are going to not listen to you, Mm. not uh, respect your birth plan, um, ignore you, and and just, you know, just, just go with whatever they think is right. And it's really tricky because... We are not medical experts, so we can't say, you know, no, you're wrong. You can't do this. You shouldn't do that. No, but I do think that as someone who's giving birth, I think I'm going to know what's going on pretty well. No, I agree. I I agree. And I I think you should always be listened to. But this is the problem. You are panicking so much about not being 
heard during yeah. your labour. Yeah. And um, and I I completely appreciate that because throughout our lives... <laughs> yeah, can you blame and, me, Rose? No, tell, I can't. Tell, tell the listener... Where, which bit? Well, what? just like... <laughs> it's so much. I, everyone dismisses me. It's a huge yeah. thing in my life. Like, and... and to yeah. an extent, I also don't care, and I let it happen because I don't. I just don't really care. I but think sometimes it's it's, it's, it, it's a problem, you it, know. No, I, it is a problem. It's like whenever we get an email, it's hi Rose, even though it's like the yeah. both of us. Hi Rose, hi Rose. Yeah, and I think, oh, okay. And even though, it, even if something's like supposed to go on your Instagram account, and I'm speaking to like a brand, they're like hi Rose, and yeah. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and <laughs> no. people have contacted you going, congratulations, Rose. Oh on my the god, so, not me. So many brands have reached out like Rose, congratulations on your pregnancy, yeah, and, and I'm like. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but I don't like that stuff. I don't care. But no, but, but I it's, it's yeah. But it's the build up of how many times these things happen yeah. to make you feel like you're not heard or respected. Right. Or, and, and I totally get it. And, and talking about identity, uh, what's the word? Intersectionality, right? You know, so different people have different life experiences based on who they are, right? So because I'm a woman and in a same sex relationship, I experience prejudice. Yeah. But then I, you know, but then also I'm able bodied and I'm white and I I do have privilege. But those things, being a woman and being in a gay relationship with you, I think can sometimes make me be... I've experienced disrespect because of that, right? Yeah, I agree. And the way people talk to me. And then on top of that, I think that plays into this is the way I look and I can't really do much about it. The way <laughs> the way I dress... Like, I had a big conversation about Rose to Rose at the beginning of the year saying, OK, Rose, what am I going to do? Should I start wearing literally like kind of business wear? Because people don't take me seriously. Yeah. Nobody takes what I say seriously, not even family members, nobody. And Rose was like, yeah, maybe. But when we're talking about giving birth here, I can't go to give birth in my suit, you know? <laughs> I can't turn up like, you know, looking business. I don't, I, what can I do? So Can I, I just say... Can I just interject one second? I did say, yeah, maybe, but I wasn't like, yeah, Rosie, change who you are and dress for other people. No, I said, I think you've we got a point. What we could do. We're both not taken seriously. And yeah. whether it's because I'm, you know, 33 this year and I still wear hoodies or mm. I don't know, where I don't look as old yeah. as I hope that's the case. I'll give, you, I'll give you some examples as well in case anyone listening is like, what, what, what do, do you mean? mean not being taken seriously? I have a, we have a car parking space that we bought with our house. And when we moved into a house and it's a new, build so everyone on the street moved in all at the same time everyone parked it in our car parking space even if they had their space free yeah they just parked in our space and there was another person who'd bought a house but hadn't moved in so they had like two or three car parking spaces for free yeah and even though that person didn't move in for a year so those spaces were free 24 7 for an entire year and we lived in our house <laughs> and had people around who would also use this car parking yep. space. People would park in our space. Yes. And a neighbour actually came round to me and said, my husband's getting really pissed off of you parking outside your house. And I <laughs> and, and we have another neighbour who's a man who has many sons and he has five cars and they park all up the road. And it's like, would someone go up to him and say anything, right? Then I right. had, then we had, um, a loads of these are neighbour examples, but whatever, name and shame. Um, then we had a neighbour who, uh, we were walking, uh, well, Rose was walking the dog. I've spoken about this on a YouTube video. And um, Rose wasn't even on his property in any way. And he flung open his window and was like, accused... What did he accuse you he, of? Of stepping on his lawn of or something. Of stepping on his lawn. Look, and long, we, long story short. But he short. would never do, I, be, I believe, he would never do that to a man. <laughs> I don't believe, he would, I believe that man was in a bad mood and saw 
a young girl outside and I think he just took out anger or mm. something going on in his life on Rose. Mm. It's funny, my fear isn't giving birth. I believe I can do it. I'm worried about other people because I can't control, I suppose that comes into it, control other people and how they perceive me. But here's and the this thing. is my worry. This, I understand your worry. I get your concern. But the only way you're going to overcome this is by being strong, sticking up for yourself and having a voice. Like, the way I see it is, yeah, okay, you're going to be vulnerable. You're in a very vulnerable position because yes. you are giving birth. It's a very intimate moment. Yeah. Um, so you have to be, you know, aware of that, first of all. And obviously, you know, you're, you're going to feel a little bit... <sighs> Uh, because you know you, you, you're partially nude you know it's it's yeah. very it's yeah. a huge thing you're going through but the only way you're going to get over it is by laying down those boundaries you've got to remember you are conscious hopefully yeah. throughout this birth yeah. and you have to put those boundaries down because what other choice yeah. have you got but here's another thing so i've got to heavily rely on you to do that as well yeah. because uh i've been listening to my hypnobirthing course and my uh in the course they're like right at some point you can't really advocate for yourself because you know if you're in the middle of intense labor where you're literally passing the baby out of you not just contractions stop contractions stop but actually like okay back to back contractions i am pushing my baby out of me right how can i you know i'll be like in a zone and how can I... Right, but you have If to, someone says something, uh, my hypnobirthing person was like, oh, they'll probably have to speak to your birthing partner. That's you, right? right because, yes. Because, you know, you're, I'm not going to be in a place to listen and make decisions. So you're saying, you know, you just got to be strong and advocate for yourself. But number one, it's never worked so far and I'm 30. And number <laughs> two, I'll be giving birth. I know. So, so then I have to rely on you. And it's not that I can't rely on you. I do actually think you're stronger than me. I'm really equally, strong. You are, you are. You're much stronger than me. You Sometimes. do gain more respect than me for some reason. I don't know what it is. But equally, we're still not taking that seriously. I just think we look young. I think that... People say weird things like, for example, when I went to hospital and they went, yeah, your 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 kid's going to be a girl called Anna and it's the second coming. Yeah, that was why weird. Why did they say that? That was weird. Like, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some truth in that. Yeah. You know, we don't know yet. We just yeah. don't know. Birth is probably the biggest thing you have ever like done or yeah, ever, ever put your body through. I feel like it's the biggest thing I'm going to do apart from dying. I really right. think that, unless, unless, obviously I can't <laughs> predict the future, if something happens down the line that I have a huge surgery, um, it's no, a really yeah, big thing. Because huge. you can die, right? Right. So there's okay. life and death on the table, right. literally. Yes. And I just feel like um, it's a huge, scary thing that no one can really, like death, no one can really prepare you for it you just have to do it I'm glad you're feeling so positive yeah. about it um, one thing I will say this week I've told you off many times because I feel like you're reading too many horror stories about birth and it's completely tainting your idea of how this is going to go you have to mm. the way I see it is if you start feeling negative if you if you go out if you start this process thinking yeah. it's going to be awful it's going to be awful yeah. then it's going to be awful like you are such a big believer yeah. in a positive mindset no I am I am but it's funny you say I've been reading horrible stories but I haven't I've been reading positive birth stories but like there'll be one tiny bit because they'll be honest in their stories and there'll be one tiny bit in the story uh, that'll be negative and I'm just like well why it's funny because I was talking to my mum about all my fears last night and I said, you know, mum, I'm worried I'm going to walk into the hospital and they're going to see two young girls. And my mum went, you're not a young girl. Oh. And I was like, I was like, yeah, okay. But I was like, mum, I look young. So I know you know I'm a 30-year-old woman 
who's having a child, <laughs> but I worry that they'll see this girl and... Uh, but also the problem is I feel young. Yeah. I, f- I still feel about 23, 24. Yeah. And I think we look... That, and my Thank sister... You. It doesn't help that my sister says that I'm trapped at 22 in her head and I'll never age. I like, love your sister. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, well, but but with, the, with the clothing thing... Um, we were just, our producer just mentioned this, that apparently she said, I picked up that you always always have a thing about your clothes. Yeah. We don't hate our clothes. No, I love my clothes. But right. this, is the, this is the problem. I, of, we worry about how we come across to other people, my identity. And then I, yeah. and I, and I worry about, so the, here's the whole issue with clothes. I have a huge thing about clothes, actually. I get real bad uh, panic attacks when I have to pack to go anywhere about what I wear. I worry, and this is probably society, about what I wear as a 30-year-old woman, Mm, right? That I look silly and trying to dress younger. But what I, in reality, uh, I have a dog that, you know, we have dogs that we walk three times a day and we work from home. We always work from home. And now with COVID, I don't go anywhere except walking my dogs. So I wear comfortable clothes like jogging bottoms and a and a hoodie but i've always done that yeah and and you like you that's your style i was a bit more uh, i sometimes i like to dress up if i go out but whatever and 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 like i just feel like I feel like everything's wrong i feel like the way people look at us as a couple i feel like we're undermined because we're two girls two women and people don't get it i feel like we look people always asking you sisters i think we look young and then like then i worry about how not just the birth, but when I'm a mum and you're a mummy, how are they going to take us seriously? Right, this and I'm is like, my do I have to change fear. how I look? Right, so th- this is this is the problem that I have. I, I've always had a problem with identity and clothes and yes. what I think I should be wearing versus what I actually want to wear. Yeah, because we discussed this a bit in the episode yeah. with, um, it was Jamie, was it Jamie, Jamie Sharber? Yeah. yeah, I think so. And, and yeah, and, and that kind of like identity crisis. Because, because like, you used to dress for other people, right? You you well, wanted to wear kind of tomboy-esque clothes, but then you felt like people were looking yeah, at you. Yeah, and, and there was also there was also that kind of like element of shame around not necessarily gravitating towards the most feminine outfit. Yeah, maybe right? you had shame as well because you felt you dressed gay. So, so now, as I'm going to be a parent, as I'm going to be a mummy, I'm like, mm. oh God, is there now an additional layer of what's expected of me to, you mm-hmm. know, like to dress as, you know? And right. also like, yeah, I'm What 30, does it mean? What does it mean? I'm going to be 33 when this baby's born and I do get what you mean about dressing in order to gain people's respect. Yeah. It shouldn't be like and, that. And I know you know what I mean because when you were pregnant and even before you were pregnant, Rose, you said to me, mm. when I get pregnant, I don't want to wear dresses all the time because I don't feel comfortable in dresses. I don't like wearing dresses. Yeah. You were like, I want to be a pregnant woman but I want to wear, you know, dungarees. Like dungarees, and, like 80s fashion. Yeah, you want to wear the stuff you normally wear, mm. right? You were like, why can't I just dress exactly the same but with a bump? I don't get it. And you felt like people always assumed I would carry, even though now I am, yeah. because... Because I look more stereotypically feminine. feminine in society's eyes. I think you were like, people think that I would be the woman in quotes. And that... Let's be honest, it's just so easy to judge people. And I yeah. know, I yeah. know that other mothers will judge me if I arrive at the school gates in my hoodie and my, you know, trainers, if I'm really yeah. comfortable or if or whatever. And, you know, I will get judged. But I don't, I don't care. I do care a little bit. It's difficult because <laughs> I remember specifically judging someone who was an old woman. 
she was annoying to me, this woman anyway. It was in a, I met her in a business uh, capacity and she was really rude and strange, so whatever. <laughs> so it's fine. But I remember she was wearing Converse and she was really old. And I was like, oh, you're trying to be cool. I remember. But, but like, we used to feel like, oh, what will I wear when I'm 30? And we're in our 30s now. And now I'm like, okay, well, can I turn up at the school gates when I'm 40? Uh, and in my converse, in my in my trainers. The answer is no. But, uh, is it? Is it no? <laughs> no, like, it's yeah, of course it's not. No, you can wear what so you want. Weird, right? I just don't know what to do. It doesn't just begin and end in. Okay, I'm a bit nervous about giving birth, and I'm worried the midwives, well, doctor, won't take me seriously. Mm. I'm worried about, um, you know, teachers will be rude to me or won't respect you know my request for my child. That's a big thing. Do you, and know, you know what? Teachers didn't respect me at school, and now it, I'm worried they won't respect me as a parent. I was just going to say, right, it's not so much about people judging me and how it affects me. I just don't want to be undermined in front of my child. Yeah, uh, That's what I'm worried about. Like, I can handle myself. If someone wants to judge me for wearing what I want or or even being gay or whatever, mm. like, oh, fuck off. I don't, I honestly don't care. Mm-hmm. But if someone treats me as lesser or differently in front of my child, mm. I don't want to constantly be on the back foot or be defensive or be confrontational in front of him or her or they because I don't want that to be the way it is. I want I want yeah. to be a really... I don't want to constantly be fighting. You just want basic respect. Right. And, and the, the reason I think we're so worried about it is because we don't get it. And I think that it's funny because I think lots of people have questions about how do you feel about being a same-sex couple raising a child? And I feel like that's not the issue. The issue is that I've never been... I've not been able to find the balance of standing up for myself. Mm. And I feel like um, any time I've ever had a situation where it's got difficult, I've just uh, cut the... burned the bridge, cut the tie and just gone, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this and I've just gone away. And you've removed yourself. Removed myself. But it's like, I can't do that. I am. I have a child. Will will have ties that I can't just remove myself from. I'm also extra sensitive that I want to be a really good role model. Yes. So in any kind That's of, true. in any kind of situation where I feel like I'm getting treated badly being or differently dismissed. or being dismissed, I want to, I want to handle that correctly in, yeah. in a manner where my child can learn from it. That it's not okay. That it's, that it's not okay. And that you can, it's okay to stand up for yourself right. in the right way, which is, which what is the right way because I obviously I don't have that balance I feel like I either have to be really rude to someone to get it into their heads mm. or I just back down so it's a huge part it's like it's our hard. biggest problem that we have I think yeah. now I don't know whether I should put a trigger warning here because I'm going to get quite serious and just mention something serious but I have been oh I don't know how to say this okay so I just want to say that I'm going to mention like sexual assault uh but like yeah so I am a rape survivor right and so I've literally had my body disrespected in the most uh probably one of the biggest ways you can without being murdered right. why does death yeah, why is that? I don't <laughs> so so it's like it's like so this fear with doctors not respecting my body I guess I've already had people not respect my body as well so I'm already coming on this podcast saying I'm a person with really weak boundaries I'm not very good at standing up for myself and then I've been through this whole thing as well mm. and then so yeah this is why I have this extra fear because I'm hoping to give birth through my vagina mm-hmm. and I'm going to have all these people mm. around my vagina and yeah I'm really scared that they're not going to Bridget, listen that, that to me that totally makes sense of course it yeah makes it's sense. a huge thing that's part of my identity and and it's just a huge thing and I just feel like there's so much fear and I'm annoyed like because in some ways I'm a really strong person who kind of doesn't care in some ways mm-hmm. and then in other ways I just cannot assert myself you know? I 
So going into this process, I didn't realise um, you could have a birth plan, right? I didn't, I didn't know what, what I think that it's was. quite modern day, honestly. I don't think you used to have birth plans. Well, I've always said my plan is to get the baby out. Yes. And that is my Good plan. plan. Yeah, Good I think plan, so. to I be honest. Like um, but it was my mum um, who mentioned, because I was, I was talking to her last night about some of your concerns, which I, I totally... We totally had a meltdown last night. Well, I did about my concerns. We also, Rosie, don't mouths. don't feel like you have to justify your feelings either. Though, like, if you if you are a victim of sexual assault, then you don't have to sit there and be like, well, you know, this and the like. That is that is your that is your experience. Yeah, and people need to respect it's that. My truth. It's your truth. <laughs> it's your truth. Um, but my mum said, why don't you write some of this into your birth plan? So it's in writing, so that whoever obviously sees your birth plan, because I, I understand and appreciate that midwives change throughout shifts, mm-hmm. they will be fully on board with your situation and yeah. your wishes because it's there in writing. So, True. you know, you don't have to explain constantly or, you know, this is what I want. Can you not do this? Can you not intervene at this stage? And mm. by the way, you know, I've had some really terrible intrusive experiences throughout my lifetime. So I think that is definitely worth doing. I definitely think we should, you know, write as much in our birth plan as possible so that you feel as protected yeah. as you can. And that is something really you can do and that's something we can do moving forward another thing I was thinking about is I know you're really concerned about midwives changing throughout their shifts and yeah. you having either a really great one up until the birth and then a terrible one yeah. or an insensitive or one. Or a terrible one and then hopefully it'll change to a different one. Right, I mean, maybe there's something we can do where we can develop a relationship with um, a midwife mm-hmm. so that we just have one person and one, yeah. you know, contact throughout the whole process. That's another option, hopefully, yeah. that we should look at. The UK has actually just opened up its first maternity clinic for victims of sexual assault and rape, which I think is absolutely absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. It's in London um, and it provides extra antenatal support to women with a team of specially trained midwives, psychologists and paediatricians. If the scheme is successful, then it could be introduced in hospitals across the UK. That's incredible. And uh, Tommy's has, has also put... Uh, it's just reported on the Tommy's website. Childbirth can be particularly traumatic for women who have experienced sexual violence, which is why it's important that they receive specialist care. Is that that's amazing? That is isn't it? really really good. Um, is that something that you would consider? Absolutely. Or, yeah. 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 I really would. Someone who's trained and they have psychologists like who will get it. And also, I just want to mention as well, like. Uh, I feel really bad because I sound so untrusting of doctors and midwives and yet there could be some absolutely amazing people who like I love. Well, I've always said that my experience... um you know, through, yeah. through last year, I, I was I was taken care of so well. Yeah. Really, really well. Yeah. And I hope that does feel like during the, during the first peak height of COVID as yeah. well. And they had every time someone held, came and held your hand. I had a doctor, you, I had a doctor holding my hand and I had a gynecologist who literally made me feel like I was completely the one calling the shots. And you've been offered counselling by different people as well. Yeah. Our clinic where we got pregnant and also I think at the hospital they gave you mm. some information. Mm. So everyone's been fantastic. So this and truly is not, um, you know, throwing any shade. No, or, or it's at my anybody. it's my fears. Yeah, and this is why you know the 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 episode is about identity, and mm. I guess it all comes with who you are as a person, how, right. how you're going to go into this. Right. You know what, Rosie? I actually think it's definitely worth you speaking to someone about your feelings. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because you know we obviously discuss and discuss and discuss, and we over communicate you and me all yeah. the time. But I think actually having this someone, someone like, a professional, like, like a professional, yeah. a professional's input might be really beneficial. Official. So I totally agree, and also by talking about it on the podcast, it's made me realise. Yes, I have <laughs> issues. So I think people listening are like, "Wow, Rosie has 
yes, the issue. So many more issues than we previously yeah, thought. Than I let on yeah. online. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so why don't we actually try and do that on the podcast? Because I think That'd not be only will it benefit you, but it'll benefit a lot of people. Yeah, and there must be other people. Like, for example, there's uh, people who have, to- I think you said tocophobia. Tocophobia, which is the fear of childbirth giving birth. So oh, really? people literally don't have children even if they want them because of the fear of giving birth. I think um, speaking to a professional would really help you, but it would also help me because obviously there's only so much I can do in in terms of alleviating your concerns, yeah. knowing that I, I can be trusted to support you, to yeah. speak for you, and I to do advocate you. for you. And you know, when I put my foot down, I put it down hard. I know. But I've also, seen you do. <laughs> on the other hand, also though, I'm not giving birth myself. And I, I totally appreciate how big a thing this is. And especially after everything that you've gone through. So I think I would benefit too from hearing what, you know, a professional has to say, you yeah. know, and what advice they can give. Yeah, I, re- I, I totally agree. We, we'll try and make it happen on the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I feel better already. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. I'm glad we've had this therapy session. Yeah. It's been very public. Yeah. Wow, that was a heavy episode, but I hope you enjoyed listening to my inner workings of our, you know, personal identity and my fears and... My trauma. A lot to unpack. I think a lot, agree. To, a unpack. lot to unpack. We'll dive deeper into that uh, in a future episode. But next week, we're going to be talking about well, we've been buying lots of baby clothes. <sighs> it's honestly, it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about pet parenting pet peeves. Yep. Dressing your baby in weird clothes. And basically, we're going to be judging some other parents. Yeah, perfect. Do we yeah. love it? Do we hate it? Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance is a Spotify original from BBC Studios. It's produced by Leila Navavi. The executive producers are Alexandra AD and James Cater for Spotify and Julie McKenzie for BBC Studios. To never miss an episode, make sure you're following Rose and Rosie Parental Guidance on Spotify and to join in the conversation, use the hashtag Rose and Rosie PG. See you next time. Listener.